John chapter 9, 19, I'm sorry, John chapter 19, uh, we're going to be finishing up the message this morning that we started this morning, Jesus being on the cross, and uh, we talked about what led him up to this point, um, and so I'm not going to rehash all of that that took him to the cross, but as we look at this, we said that there were seven cross sayings. Three of them that was two other people, the first three that he said was two other people. The first saying uh, was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So he prayed that God would forgive those. Then he said, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. So he told that servant that he would be in heaven. And then the first saying that we looked at in the book of John in chapter 19 was the first, was the last of the sayings that were dealt with other people. So that first one, the first saying was, Behold thy mother, I mean, uh, woman, behold thy son, and then behold thy mother. Jesus spoke specifically to his mom and asked asked her to behold him. And we talked about that this morning, how, how it must have felt to Mary to see her only, her, 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 her son, Jesus, on the cross and the, and the pain that she was going through and the pain that Jesus was going through. And wow, uh, what must have been going through her mind? But now let's look and continue to move on. So, so number two, the second saying, well, we'll go ahead and read those verses concerning the sayings that he said here in John chapter 19. Let's begin reading John chapter 19, and let's begin reading in verse number 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it in put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore hath received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So the last two sayings that will the two sayings we'll cover tonight is the saying I thirst, and the saying, it is finished. The other sayings of the cross, I believe, are the uh, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. How many is that? Six? So what's the seventh one? So the seventh one is, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The seven sayings of the cross, John mentions three of them. So, Point number one this morning was the first saying. Point number two is the second saying. And Jesus says, Jesus knowing that all, verse 28, that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Though in great agony, though in great pain, Jesus says, I thirst. Uh, Jesus ultimately was concerned about the fulfillment of the scriptures. He wanted to make sure that the scriptures 
had been and were going to be fulfilled. As we said before, and as we've said all along, that there was no point that Jesus wasn't in control of what was going on. Because Jesus did all this, that the prophecy might be fulfilled. That the prophecy might be fulfilled. So what caused this thirst? What was this thirst that was caused? I, I think that it was a physical thirst. A physical thirst. I mean, he physically needed something to drink. The suffering on the cross created him to want something to drink. The I don't know the last time that he had a drink was the last time that he had something in his mouth was maybe the upper room. I don't know that they led him to the courtroom and allowed him to have something to drink. So how long had he been without a drink, something in his mouth and they and all the suffering that he went through and the scorning and the mockery and the and the beating and all those things that he went through, he had nothing to drink. So he needed something. Uh, he was physically suffering, physically needed a drink. But not only did I believe is it not only a cause for this thirst was a physical, sir, uh, was a physical, but it was also spiritual speaking as well. The primary meaning of I thirst is the saying Christ was experienced the suffering was because of the sin that he placed on himself because of the sinner. A good picture of this suffering uh, is found in Luke 16 when the moment that the rich man enters into hell, he begins to say, I need something to drink. Sin causes uh, someone needing something to drink. That torment, uh, that torment the, that, that from the flame caused judgment. Jesus needed something to drink. The sin of the world was being placed on Jesus. The sin of me and the sin of you and the sin of all mankind. The sin of the past and the sin of the present and the sin of 2,000 years more was laid on Jesus. I thirst. I thirst. So not only what was this cause for that thirst, I think that it was a physical need, something he physically needed, but it also was a spiritual need. But may I say to you, I believe that we need to have a spiritual thirst for Jesus, we need to have a spiritual thirst for the things of God and a spiritual thirst for the Holy Spirit of God and the spiritual thirst for God to do something in our life. If we don't desire that thirst, if we don't desire that uh, God give me more, I want more than what I have. I want more than what I've got. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to do more for you. Thirst. To do more. The reason we don't want it is the reason we don't thirst for it. If you want something, you're going to go get it. My children are not, uh, Lindsay's not old enough to go get herself something to drink. But every once in a while, if she's really thirsty and no one will help her, do you know what she goes and does? She's going to find somebody's cup to drink out of. If she can't find somebody's cup to drink out of, she's going to go to the fridge and she's going to pull that gallon of milk that weighs as much as she does, huh? And pulls it out of that refrigerator and she's going to drag it to somebody to give her a drink because she's thirsty. Right. Because we'll do things if we're thirsty. 
to get a drink. If I'm thirsty, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to get a drink. When it's hot outside in southeast Texas on a summer day, I don't want to be outside without something to drink. I want something to drink because this sun causes some heat that needs, I need something to drink. I need to cleanse my thirst. As a Christian, we need to desire things to thirst after righteousness. Thirst after the things of God. Too many times in this world, we thirst after things that do not matter. We thirst after things that at the end of the day doesn't mean anything. You know what? When I leave this world, I'm leaving it all behind. Yes, you are. And I can work my whole life and make sure that I've got the nicest of this and the best of this and the best of that and the best of that. But at the end of the day, all that's staying behind. Yes, Ain't none of it going with me. So what do I thirst after? Do I thirst after the righteous things? Do I thirst after that spiritual desire, the spiritual things of God? <clears throat> do you spiritually desire? Do you, do you really spiritually thirst the Spirit of God? Do you want the Spirit of God? Yeah. Do you want Him on your life? There's a difference between being saved and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, He changes who you are. Changes what you do. Jesus said, I thirst. This was His saying from the cross. But the world responded to this thirst that He needed something. So they offered Him to drink. They offered Him something to drink. The reason they offered him something to drink was because they thought that he was asking for something to drink. We learn in the accounts of the other gospels that people around the cross did not understand understand what what Christ was saying on the cross. In in Mark it says, Eli, Eli, Sabachthani. They didn't understand what he was saying. So when he said, I thirst, the response was of those around the cross, well, give him something to drink. They didn't understand that Jesus was not asking necessarily for something physically to drink. So they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it in his mouth, verse 29. This drink that they would give those men, from what I understand, from what I've read, is it was to kind of numb their senses and numb the, the quench for thirst. This vinegar was not necessarily the vinegar that you and I use. It was a bitter substance that would numb the senses. This offering uh, a Christ to drink on the cross which was done several times, was a realization and the fulfillment of Psalm 69, verse 21. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Again and again, we're reminded in the Scriptures that all this was in God's control. All this was Him fulfilling the Scripture. Number one, we see the, the second saying of the cross is, I thirst. 
And then lastly, in number three, we see the third saying on the cross in John. John 19 and verse number 30, when Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. The ancient, uh, Arthur Pink said this, uh, the ancient Greece boasted uh, of being able to say in much in little to give a sea of matter in a drop of language was regarded as a perfection of oratory. Jesus was able to say, it is finished. And in the depth of what he said, it was more than just what he said. It was finished what it needed to be accomplished. It was finished that all the scripture was fulfilled that needed to be fulfilled for him to be on the cross. It is finished. I've paid for their sins. It is finished. I've I've accomplished what you've sent me here to do. It is finished. Jesus said from the cross, it speaks of his scripture. Jesus was again fulfilling the scripture. In verse number 28, that he might be fulfilled. Saith I thirst. Everything Jesus did was according to the scripture. This speaks of his suffering and his finish. Jesus' suffering was over. Jesus' pain was over. Jesus' suffering on the cross, it was over. It is finished. Not only does it speak of those, but it speaks of salvation. It is finished. Spoke of Jesus finishing the work for salvation. What does it take to get to heaven? What does it take for you and me to get there? It takes the blood of one sinless man. Jesus said it is finished. He meant that salvation's work was complete, that salvation was done for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus completed the work. It is finished. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, 12, and 14, he said, every priest standeth daily, talking about the Old Testament, ministering and offering oft times the same same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offering one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God for by one offering... He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Those Old Testament saints, they were not able to forgive us of our, uh, forgive them of their sins. Only He can do that. And so when He came to this earth and offered the perfect, the sinless blood sacrifice, He paid for our sins. And when it was accomplished and it was done, He sat at the right hand of God. It is finished, speaks of his success. He had success over Satan. Satan had opposed Christ. Satan was against Christ dying on the cross. And God and Jesus made it to the cross. Satan failed. He failed miserably. But Christ conquered Satan victoriously. And then also it speaks of his service. 
It is finished. Christ had completed his service, completed his work, completed the work assigned to him by his father. How many projects have you done and stopped in the middle? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't get halfway through and say, I think I'm going to pass on this one. It is finished. I'm saved today because someone didn't stop the work. You're in church today because someone didn't stop the work. You know, there are times when the work of Christ might be discouraging. There are times when the work of Christ may even be disappointing and depressing. But it is our job not to quit in the middle of the work. Christ finished His work. And when He finished His work, He brought it to a complete a completeness. He brought salvation yeah. to a whole. Yeah. I think many times we quit on the brink of a miracle. Yes, you're right. We quit when there's something about to break through. We quit when, when God's about to work, when God's about to come through. We quit. Don't quit. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on your church. Don't quit on your, on your, on your family. Don't quit on those that depend on Don't quit. Honestly, there's those in this community. There's those in your family. There's th- this church. We need you not to quit. Yes. Don't quit. Finish what God has started. If God started a work in you, let him finish. Amen. Let him finish. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight.